0: Imagine it's dinner time in downtown Moab. Let's say it's busy season, or even, well, shoulder season. That ever-growing time of year when hundreds of people fill the local streets each evening. They're looking at outside menus, their phones, deciding where to eat. Most everywhere they've been today, there's been a line. There was a line at the gas station, a line to get into Arches. It's no surprise that there's a line to speak to the restaurant host who informs them of the hour wait. So at a downtown hotel, visitors are crowding around the bar, putting in their food orders because the tables are slammed. You're taking those orders, you're mixing those drinks. You know it's going to be a while before these customers get their food. The kitchen is short-staffed today. Backup help will not arrive because it doesn't exist. You just have to get through this shift. But right now, on the opposite side of the bar, a customer is peppering you with questions.
1: You know, what? what is my job and what isn't my job as a bartender, especially? Because a lot of people come and they get chatty with the booze and they realize I'm a local and I'm from Utah, which is really rare for them, usually. My name is Ruth Linford, and I'm here interviewing as a bartender at Josie Wyatt's Grill. That is something they want to know about. Like There are, are a lot of people here, but they're, everyone's short-staffed. What's going on? That's probably a question I get probably three times a night, you know, they're like kind of, why is the service so bad? And I'm like, you know, taking a deep breath, like how much energy do I want to spend? You you know, is this a person who actually is asking that question from a place of heart and care of the community and they want to know why really people aren't, you know, working and serving them to the best of their ability (laughs) when they represent the force that is driving a lot of that. Sort of um, lack of control around the greed and who gets to live here and stay here and why. Yeah, it is kind of complicated to sort of look them in the eye and be like, well, (laughs) you know, (laughs) why don't I just get you more wine? Welcome to Moab.
0: You're listening to Welcome to Moab, a service story. Today's special is the housing crisis served with a side of worker shortages, comes with free burnout. I'm Molly Marcello. A few things before we get into it. We know the housing crisis turned worker shortage is gutting employment sectors at every level in Moab. But here we're zeroing in on our local restaurants arguably the most public-facing businesses in our service industry. You'll hear restaurant workers from different types of eateries talk about their experience working in Moab at this moment. They're working in an ongoing pandemic, in the busiest, longest, most harrowing of seasons where there's more business than ever, but business owners themselves are worried about keeping the doors open as everyone struggles to find and keep housing. You'll hear local independent restaurant owners telling us how they are scraping it together and their thoughts on the future. And you'll hear a bit about mental health too, because, oh yeah, most everyone has been pulling uninterrupted doubles all over the place this past season.
2: First thing I do is I wake up in a panic and like, what time is it? Where's my phone? Who texted me? Who's calling in? Who's calling out? Who's quitting? Who's just got kicked out of their house? Like, what's happening? <laughs> uh, I'm Megan Williams, the general manager at 98 Center. I mean, in the beginning, when I was here you know, six years ago, or whatever, when I first moved down here, I was like, obviously, the bubble and everything was starting to happen as far as housing crisis and the popularity and the advertising and the tourism and i feel like with the pandemic it's just like kind of exacerbated the whole event like it was like always coming but like with the last couple years it's kind of blown up a little bit to the point where all of us are like oh okay this is happening and so when i have someone coming up to me every day almost at this rate okay every week that might be an exaggeration but like every week someone being like oh i got kicked out of my house the owner sold like I am constantly trying to find housing for staff. It is a constant thing. Like that is the number one thing that we do is we're trying to find housing for our staff because we cannot keep the doors open and serve the public without staff. No, this is like, happening everywhere. The housing crisis and the short staffing and the restaurants specifically like coming back and maybe people don't really understand like what it's taking from restaurant owners to be able to like bring this back. I mean, the small local restaurants in Moab right now are keeping it kind of like what Moab is. I mean, we joke all the time, it's a horrible joke and I'm gonna say this and I don't even know if I feel like saying this, but it's like, I don't know, if we can't get housing for our staff and we can't get staff, then maybe we'll be at Chipotle's next year, you know? People don't understand why everything is taking so long and why all the shelves and all the stores are empty and why they had to wait in line two hours to get into Arches and then they're angry and hungry and then they have to wait for an hour for a table. And then we forgot their chopsticks, and, they, and then we get a bad review. And then, you know what I mean? It's just like the trickle-down effect is really um, hitting the community. Uh, it was hard before the pandemic to run a small business in a tourism town, and it's extra hard now.
0: Okay, something you should keep in mind before we keep going. Moab's not alone in feeling like running a restaurant right now is extra hard. Lots of industry workers from popular outdoor communities are saying things are way out of balance. Tourism in many of these outdoorsy areas is at an all-time high. There are some months in Moab's own 2021 sales tax revenue that local experts call unprecedented. Visitors are up, but everything else feels, well, stretched thin. People are asking, how can this continue? I mean, it it feels like it's at a breaking point right now. Jen Zuner. 15 years ago now, she and her wife, Ann Keller, opened the beloved Hot Tomato Pizzeria in nearby Fruta, Colorado. They actually recently sold it to one of their longtime managers and expected to take a little well-earned time off this year. But instead, they ended up with a new project. They're filming a documentary about the challenges of operating independent restaurants in communities like Moab. Here's Ann.
3: We were traveling this summer and we were on our way to crested butte and we called a friend who lives in cb and she was like hey just so you know so you have the heads up most restaurants here are closed either sunday monday tuesday wednesday some variation of those days because they can't find enough staff just and so we you have
4: like, what? yeah just
3: so you have the heads up because i know you guys are coming here you like to go out to eat and just be prepared we showed up in cb and every single business has a help wanted sign on it she was accurate. Most of the top restaurants are closed multiple days a week or they have reduced hours. And so it started us down this train of like, this is a really big story and there's multiple layers to the story. And then we started traveling around to all of these communities in Colorado, Telluride, Ridgeway, Gunnison, Uray, Salida, Buena Vista. And then we came to Moab and it's the same story everywhere. And it's, it's shocking.
0: The working title of their documentary is Ghost Town. It's named after the Ghost Town coffee shop in Telluride, Colorado, which closed its doors for good just this summer. That coffee shop has been called the living room of that community. Their owner told the Telluride Daily Planet that it wasn't lack of business that caused them to close. It was the constant struggle to hire and retain employees, the impatience from customers, and the associated low morale. It just broke
3: them. It seemed like that was just a really locally loved place that brought a lot of community and sense of place to Telluride. Their name came sort of tongue in cheek as a reference to what happens to Telluride if only wealthy people can live there. What's the town going to look like? Is it going to look like a ghost town
5: mm-hmm.
3: with up vacant homes and people flying in for two weeks out of the year and that's it. So ironic that that was the place that closed as well and sad there's there's been this shift where lack of business isn't the problem anymore Mm -hmm. it's lack of staffing but due to lack of staffing business owners are forced to make a decision that ultimately affects their bottom line yeah i don't know i worry i worry about this gutting of the middle the middle and the lower range places and i i think that that's where a lot of the creativity and the magic happens and the community happens in in towns are the places that aren't five star and ridiculously expensive because they're accessible to a broader audience yeah Yeah. and i think these are the places that are struggling the most
4: yeah you know i don't think independent restaurants are in here doing this because they're getting rich i think they're doing it because they want to really give their community a gathering place and be a part of the bigger picture
6: well, the only way we can grow and be in the community is by, like, collaborating, supporting, and giving back and, you know, not just being, we're not just a restaurant. And that was my, always what I kind of put my fist down on. I was like, we're not just a restaurant. How can we do more?
0: Natalie Zollinger. She and her partner, Alex Borishevsky run things at 98 Center. Natalie takes that mindset of building community over food seriously. The parish say it kind of started over a decade ago when Alex and his business partner Frankie Winfrey opened Sabaku Sushi.
7: People come in and sit down from all walks of life, locals or tourists, and then start up a conversation and become friends, make friends, just sitting at the sushi bar. So that was a uh, Really cool to see that and, and promote that, and uh, that was a big part of our motive for Subaku Sushi was to create a space that's uh, inviting and friendly and interactive.
6: At Sushi, like, it was like a cheers, where everyone knew your name, and like, remember there'd be like certain locals that had a chair. Mm-hmm. and You're like, don't sit in that chair. Like, yeah. Also, it's like a special place. People would go for anniversaries, birthdays, Um, First dates. First dates. And we'd be like, oh, you two are dating. Like, We we knew when it was public. Mm -hmm. Like if you came to Sushi, be prepared for people to talk that you were with someone else, right? It was like your public appearance with uh, your significant other. I love knowing my community and it's, that's I think where it's hard to think that like if you, if you did sell a restaurant, like you would. I wouldn't have a pulse on it anymore. Um, and not that I know everyone in town, but I know a lot of faces and I've seen a lot of people come and go and it's like, I love, I love that. I love knowing stories. people and I love being able to just be known.
0: This, for Natalie, is the ideal. Helping run a place that promotes community for everyone involved, provides jobs, serves people's sustenance, it all seems straightforward. But the last couple years, Not at all. Underpinning the record-breaking amount of customers is the stress of the pandemic. Underpinning that, the housing crisis. Then come worker shortages. Next is overwork and burnout. And, oh yeah, the supply chain is messed up and often unreliable. No one is operating at 100% in these conditions. Natalie remembers the moment this year when this all hurt the most.
6: We had a a review come in from a local. They said... I will never come back. A local saying that they would never come back because something happened and I'm like, do you know what we're going through? I wish they knew what we were going through. I wanna talk about what's going on because it's really stressful and like everyone's at their max and oh, the person you were talking to, do you realize that she still hasn't found a house and lives with her car and her and her dog and like is doing the best she can? And she, Shows up every day. Can you just give them a second too and a chance? We're all little ticking time bombs, and can we just yeah have a little bit more support and love and like understanding of what we're all going? Compassion, through. compassion.
7: My employee just rolled in like I was talking with another employee. He was just coming up to get some some fruit out of the out of the cooler. He's like, oh hey, by the way, anybody know of a place to live? Cause I'm looking for a house. Workforce housing has been like getting worse and worse, and finding people and keeping people around is it's not easy in a town of, you know, uh, 5,500 people and we see 3 million tourists a year to like supply all the jobs that we have in this town because because there is so much opportunity. So because of the explosive growth of the tourism in town, we have all of these new jobs available to everybody. All these things happening and yet there's like a vacuum of workforce. This is how it's affecting us right now. It feels like a vacuum of, of workforce.
6: Like a black hole. <laughs>
8: <laughs> they put us in a hole because uh, we're so tied with people. And if one, if one person goes away, the whole uh, uh, restaurant has to uh, switch and, and flip around and try to cover that shift. And not only that when, that, when that person leaves, leaves more work for other people. And then the stress starts. And then more people start leaving because they're stressed. So it is a domino effect. That small little thing of he had to leave. Oh, it's only one person. It's not true. It's 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 a link of a chain. When that chain breaks, you have to. It's hard to find another link to bring that chain back together. It's it's not easy. And I and I've seen it in so many other places. One one two people leave. It's a chaos completely. You have to work. I don't know 18 hours a day. Uh, seven days a week, and it's not fun. It's really not fun. We, we, we do need that housing, and that's what it is. Well, my name is Luis Nieves. I started Zach's, they started there as a dishwasher, also as a pizza dough roller, and then after that I moved into the kitchen and started cooking there, then I became a uh, kitchen manager. And then I moved to uh, Eddie McStiff's. And then uh, here I am uh, at the Spitfire, which is actually a great place. It reminds me a lot of uh, Eddie McStiff's, where I spend a lot of time. I've been working in the restaurant industry at least 18 years. Yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) It has changed a lot in the past six years, I will say. And then from there, kind of keep changing and changing very radically. I have helped a few friends to fill up the application to get an apartment or, or whatever, a house. They're months and months behind. Where are they going to stay? It's, it's crazy. And I feel also like sometimes people do take advantage of how much money they can get by renting a room. It is, it is way expensive, Six $700 for one small room. That's what used to be the rent seven, eight years ago. And, and this, is, this is not right. It, I feel like sometimes people are do taking advantage of this situation, which that's not the point. The point is to help the community and, and, and help Moab in general. Here, here we are just working and trying to, trying to make the restaurant work with the little of people that we have. It's the same in the kitchen, understaffed. So it's, it's been a weird year for sure. It's been the weirdest year ever. And I was talking to my coworkers yesterday about it and uh, how, how different it feels. Like We're trying to be happy, but it's, it's not the same. It's really not the same.
9: It all ties into your mental health. And I have personally watched everybody who I work with, as well as like my partner and roommate and by proxy all sorts of people that they work with just get spread so thin and like you know everyone's feels like on the verge of breaking down at some level maybe they've got better weeks than others but you know people are pulling 12 hour shifts 4 days a week 3 weeks in a row and it's 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 tragic like i don't know how else to explain it other than it's really really sad uh, my name is Cole Derringer. Um A lot of people know me under the name Cozy, which is what I work under. And I am a manager at 98 Center slash server there as well. It does affect everybody, and everyone's getting pulled thin. Everyone's getting angry quickly. Um, and I feel like that mood actually affects all of the local community in Moab, Like, they, you know, it's not just at 98, it's not just at all these other restaurants. It's like a huge effect on your mental health to deal with the housing crisis turned worker shortage. If we keep going like this, if tourism keeps exploding the way it is at the rate it's going, like, it doesn't make sense to me. And I don't know much about, you know, (laughs) governing a local community or anything like that, but, It seems very obvious that if it keeps going at this rate, then it will will either explode or implode on itself, leaving um, leaving the community really devastated. You know, I I can't even say that I don't like tourism because that's not even the case. Like, I make my money off tourists. I'm part of the service industry, and the majority of jobs here, I feel like, are of service to people. Um, whether it be guiding or hospitality in hotels or serving or what have you, and so I don't want tourism to go away. I just think that it is way out of balance, and the locals are left with the um, I can't say that on radio go ahead They're left with the shit end of the stick. yeah.
10: I um I did have a place to live the first season. I was living in rooms here. Once we shut down for COVID, um, that synced up with um, the room I was in. The landlord was going to be giving that to their friend when my lease was up. So I just left early, went into the truck full time. At this point, I think it is easier to live in the truck with a dog than it is to try to find somewhere to live. (laughs) Uh, My name is Jacqueline Roche. I work at 98 Center. I guess, yeah, another way that uh, the busyness has very tangibly manifested is that um, the parking spots, the BLM spots that are closest to town are they're blown up like there are so many people from out of town yeah so parking you have to drive farther to find parking and there is like an in-town spot that a lot of I would say it's a lot of service industry folks that park there um that's really close and earlier in the season the cops did come in at like 11 or so and kick everyone out um and I have gone back there a couple times since then, but at what point is it like, you know, I just finished a double. I've got another double tomorrow. Do do I want a chance getting woken up at somewhere between, like, 11 and 2 in the morning um, and asked to relocate? Um, I was on my way back to town after we closed for a month for summer break. I was driving back to Moab when a friend texted me about, uh, Kylan and Crystal's murders, and at that point, I just that I, that kind of stopped my willingness to park near Moab. What I'm looking into now is um, moving in part time with a friend in Fruta, a climbing partner. So I'm looking at living in in that in Grand Junction or Fruta um, for my days off now for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'd say like the mental health part was has been really hard. Um, the lack of the ability to have a regular routine has been um, challenging. I would love to get to a point where there can be where I can have like consistent things that that people do to take
3: care of their mental states.
5: You know, maintaining mental health this year is kind of difficult. You know, with this pandemic, I just thought people would be more kind to each other. I feel like people have less patience and we actually need more of that with the pandemic going on still in 2021. I feel like people need to be more kind. Hi, my name is Bella. I'm an owner of the Thai Bella restaurant in Moab. I can say Moab has been growing like fast Um, especially the past five years it has been busier and busier every year so you know it's good it just we have a few other problems that kind of not really helping us with the busier season like you know the housing for the the locals here so you know when my employees aren't able to find housing because it has become so expensive and um if they do can afford one what they have to do is actually getting multiple jobs to afford it and that actually affects you know my end just because um it actually takes them away from being able to work like fully at my location because they you know they have to do multiple jobs. Even before I started Tybella, I just thought if the housing was the problem, so I went ahead and um, actually rent housing for my employees. I think if the employers can provide housing for the employees, I think that would help them so much. What I have to do is actually I have to increase the food price to actually cover, of course, the higher food costs nowadays. After the pandemic, everything went up in prices. And I had to increase the food price just because, like I said, I have to cover, you know, for my employees' rent. So that's another reason why, you know, I have to increase my food price.
3: There's a fair number of owners that we've talked to that have been put in a position where they need to find rental housing for staff or they are in they're buying properties that they're using for employee housing. And that just feels insane to me to, to just be to that position where this entirely falls on the private sector to figure out the issue, to figure out like the answer to this. There's added lines on business owners' PLs for rentals. It's it's just this is nothing that we had to deal with. And it just feels insane. I mean, those listening to Natalie and Alex talk about making phone calls, trying to find housing, they're just like moving pieces on a chessboard. They're like, okay, this person needs housing, can we put them over here? Because that's, you know, they need...
7: Basically, people. we're just we're relying on our network of friends with, with rooms to find housing for people. You know, right people with the right people. Over the winter, I actually uh, put a house under contract for employee housing and it just didn't work out because there was not the right funding because it was a trailer that needed private funding and cash yeah, and, and there's like no way we could afford and, that and uh, <laughs> after a while like the numbers just didn't didn't add up as far as buying affordable housing and su- supplying that for our employees that's just has not been feasible i think
3: that we need people to be to be an employee and to not have stable secure housing like that's that the the mental strain, the emotional strain on that, of course, is gonna follow you into your workplace. And if you're an owner and you're just trying to like get through the shift, <laughs> you're kind of doing whatever you can to just make sure people are stable.
4: I don't think people are not trying to do something. I think they don't know what to do. I think they just didn't expect it to, to hit as hard as it did. And you know, all these communities, we need our tourism. We need people coming because we know the ups and downs of our communities. But now it's just like, you're exactly right, it's a runaway train and everybody's like, what the heck do we do? Do you crack and close? Because we also have to take care of our own mental health. And I think that's gonna play out pretty big in the next year. I think this is a critical issue and I think we need some state and federal help. And I think people really need to like, come and look at all these little towns and see what's happening because it's not just happening here. I mean, it's happening everywhere, Um, in other countries, and it's just, I don't know, it's, it's a bit overwhelming to think about what's gonna happen to the restaurant industry of what we all know and love.
11: The seasons used to be short. And so we had the spring season and the fall season. It was slow in the summer, dead in the winter those seasons have gotten bigger and bigger and it's longer and longer and busier and busier. My name is Wes Shannon with the Love Muffin Cafe. We've been open 13 years. I think we do have somewhat of a cult following. I think we kind of found a niche when we opened just trying to carve out a spot in Moab back then. I mean, it was totally different 13 years ago. So we kind of wanted to find a niche to complement the other restaurants in town, like kind of do our own thing. So that's where the burritos and the muffins came into play.
12: So I get up at 4.50 in the morning, and I try to eat breakfast before I go to work, because you never know if you'll have time. And I get to work around 5.45, 5.50, and immediately juice a case of oranges, which, if you've ever done, super maybe not the most fun, uh, especially not at 6 o'clock in the morning. We open at 6.30, and from there it's kind of just take off until about 10.30 and Yeah, mega line, everyone's working their booties off. Um, My name is Marty Burnham, I work at Love Muffin Cafe. Um, Typically we have to like turn people away for hiring season, like we'll be full up, but this year we just can't, nobody's interested for hiring, it's just, it's a huge challenge. The
11: first time that I put out on social media that we were hiring, I had zero people reply to my post and that hasn't been How it has been in the past. It's anytime we put it out there, I have people emailing me, I have people calling, uh, you know, messaging me. And this was the first time ever where it was just crickets for like six to eight months, just nothing. So, you know, my wife Penelope and I have been in here every day working and filling those spots along with our kind of our veteran crew that's been here. Um, We've been on a skeleton crew ever since COVID hit. And it's been almost two years now. So, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you've heard it from everybody. There's no employees anymore. And Moab has has a big, big problem with housing. And that's, I mean, that's the number one thing right now. Um, people just can't afford to to live in Moab and work. So we have been talking about that for the past 10 to 15 years. All the warnings have been out there, but we're actually here now, which is weird. I mean it's actually happening
12: we were about to buy a house this summer and the seller backed out um, and then put the house back on the market for like a fairly large amount more than she had offered to us so we were two weeks away from closing and the seller backed out and we it was really terrible because it was the end of the lease at our other house so we lost that house as well Um, and yeah we had like a month to figure everything out and luckily um all the locals that we know helped us out and we found this spot but it was a little bit scary for a little while i'd say our wages are actually pretty fair it's the housing market itself being so high it's just hard as like a cafe worker to like have the income to really be able to get a house in this area unfortunately
0: Buying a house or finding affordable rent can almost seem impossible in Grand County. Moab City keeps some numbers on what your salary would need to be to affordably purchase a home. They say in 2019 numbers, someone making a salary of $100,000 could reasonably purchase something. But if you work here in accommodation and food service, you make an average of $26,000 per year. That means home buying is out of reach for restaurant workers and, well, frankly, the entire service industry. To be clear, that's the majority of our local workforce. And rent, well, that's high too. If you can find a place to rent, you are most likely paying too much for it relative to your income. Nearly half of everyone making under $50,000 a year here spends more than 30% of their income on housing. They're considered cost burdened. There are affordable housing options out there, but when the majority of your workforce needs it, subsidized units have long wait lists. More are coming. 80 units of deed-restricted housing at Walnut Lane, 300 at Arroyo Crossing, 300 more spurred by the county's high-density housing ordinance. But most of these housing options are literally years away from becoming reality. So right now, looking at the next season, And the one after that, and well, you know, even the one after that, restaurants are worried. They needed more housing options yesterday.
11: So I'll just doomsday the whole thing for you right now. You kind of have to put the pieces together, but basically what's happening right now There's no employees to be had. The employees you do have, you have to pay more. And along with that, specifically in the restaurant industry, all the food costs are going up, all goods and services, all the commodities are going up um, due to the pandemic. So if you put all those into play going into next year, because all these shortages that they're talking about right now are gonna start rolling in next year, And so if you put the shortages in there and then you put the high food costs and the high um, payroll that you're going to do, yeah, the the restaurant industry is going to be hit really hard next year. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to close and there's going to be a lot of people struggling. and it's definitely a scary proposition. And then you throw in the housing shortage here in Moab, which, I mean, it's all over the nation, but specifically here in Moab, it's really bad. So you put all those into the mix, and like, I mean, next year's gonna be a struggle.
9: I think the next two years is gonna be a huge tell for the future of the community of Moab in general. Like, I think a lot of really awesome spots could shut down because they're not getting the help that they need. And it's, yeah, I, I think about that all the time.
2: Because everyone in this industry, we're kind of like binding together right now where we see each other on the street. We're like, hang in there, hang in there. Like, we love our jobs, we love our jobs. You know, we're just like reminding ourselves why we're doing this because we are drowning in tourism. And keeping our doors open is just in restaurants in general, and especially small businesses in a tourism town, it is a very fine line and there's not like a lot of margin here. And we're here because we love what we do, we love our locals, we love our community, and we wanna provide jobs for the people that live here. And now, next step is finding houses for these people to live in, and it is a huge problem. And we really need help from the state or wherever. One of the first questions we ask is, Hi, okay, you're available, you want to work? Like, where are you living? Do you have another job? Do you have days off? So it's time for us to be creative as a community. We need to start being creative. Finding some place where my staff that lives in their vehicles can park safely overnight without being penalized and without going completely out of town and into the La or wherever, where it's very unsafe. Obviously, with the situation we just had here in the community, that's one of the issue. But like having a place where people could park, where they feel safe, maybe there's like some running water, maybe there's somebody. But honestly, just so they won't get ticketed. Like They just want somewhere to like rest their head for a little bit, and they can't find any housing, or they have a dog and this and that, and there's nowhere close to town, and they're working doubles because they're working at multiple places, because everyone's short-staffed. But they, yet, they still can't afford to live here.
10: There are a few of us that do, based out of vehicles. Um, so having somewhere safe to to park um, that is um, relatively close to town um, would be amazing. Um, and
9: otherwise- housing, obviously, That mm-hmm. I think that goes without saying. Like I would love to see some affordable housing, and like true affordable housing. None of this like. for one bedroom and people will claim that's affordable housing that's ridiculous and if you think that then you should check yourself. If you're not tipping at a baseline 20% then you should check yourself as well
7: Uh, I was just reading about the new proposed measures that the City Council was talking about uh, to alleviate some of the workforce uh, situation housing and I think, it's, uh, I think their ideas are good, I just don't think that they're going to happen anytime soon and it's going to be a long time to get there. So our temporary band-aids were, if, if residents are thinking of building an ADU or multiple ADUs in their property. Uh, why can't we just pull over uh, a couple of trailers that house people?
6: Versus like, quickly as, as quickly as yeah. you can
7: pull a trailer onto your property and set it up, you've, you've got a house. And, and, maybe, yeah. and maybe it doesn't have to be forever, but it could be a good year, two-year temporary measure to like, okay, we're gonna allow this to get some people housed to establish some situations and in the meantime, build a giant ap- apartment complex that can house, a, you know, a few hundred beds.
11: I think next, like, can't emphasize enough that next year is going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot for people to navigate, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, we can get through it. It's, uh, you know, in this resort town that we've created here, you're going to have a handful of restaurants that are struggling, trying to maintain all the people that are in town because. You know, it's, it's already been like that, just with the, the growth of tourism. I mean, we need a handful of more restaurants to open up just to service all the people in town. So, if you put that into play, yeah, it's, it's pretty scary. I mean, I guess I just say, um, especially local, like the local city government, I mean, I think they just need to be woken up to what's happening and what's going to happen in the future with the restaurant industry. Because you can bring all these people into town, but, I mean, they have to eat.
4: Yeah, I, I,
3: worry, I worry that we're going to become these sort of sh- corporate shell communities because there's, there's leverage that corporations can rely upon that a lot of the small independents don't have access to and this is it's arguable to say that the small independents are the places that make these communities unique
7: in the beginning I moved to Moab because I kept coming back to Moab because of the community it was really uh, really special here and kept coming back to work here season after season and then decided to open business and then another business here and the community is really what I've uh, enjoyed about this this town of Moab and we really want it to continue so and, and move forward in a, in a sustainable way and right now we're just it feels like we're at a point point in in the tourism sector that it's just really coming down hard on us as as the business owners here the small business owners here the small ones yet yeah, it's really tough to keep motivated every single day to move forward and put a smile on your face and push through the these big tourist seasons like October uh, yeah.
6: was huge
7: just yeah and November's biggest, huge. Biggest month of the year and it's just <laughs> relentless so
5: it's tiring we comes to the end of the season and um, I feel like everyone looks happy and you know why because winter is coming so um, I mean that's great you know we, we can take a break actually for a few months but we all know it's not gonna be long. You know, sometimes three months it passes like fast, and then comes again March. We busy again. So I would say take a little break during the winter time. Enjoy yourself. You know, take it easy, and then in a few months we have to <laughs> come back and do this again.
7: And then do it all again next year. So, <laughs> but uh, we just we would like to have you know a good plan and, and just know and understand that this town is going to move forward and and the community leaders such as council members and uh, county commission and and, uh, hopefully the state leaders can help us move forward and and not just let tourism run our lives.
6: Mm -hmm. True that.
0: been listening to welcome to moab a service story this is a kzmu radio special about a housing crisis turned worker shortage and its impacts on our local restaurants and workers remember the documentary ghost town we mentioned earlier in this piece well ann and jen the former proprietors of the hot tomato turned filmmakers are still doing interviews they're asking hard questions about what happens when a workforce can no longer afford to live in communities like ours if you work in the restaurant industry and you face housing insecurity, they want to hear from you. We'll put their contact information in the show notes and on our website. Jen and Ann are firm believers that local restaurants and their employees make communities vibrant. And they have some advice if you're going out to eat.
4: Yeah, I think I think there's nothing more important than kindness. I think tip your people well, appreciate what we're doing
3: be kind Mm. (laughs) and be kind that's always been my lesson for the service industry i think everyone should work service jobs for at least a year or two um so you know what it feels like on the other side yeah understand that there's so many stresses right now be kind
0: kindness respect and oh yeah patience big thanks To Ann, Jen, Natalie, Alex, Wes, Bella, Marty, Ruth, Luis, Megan, Jacqueline, and Cozy for sharing your stories on our airwaves. I'm Molly Marcello. This was Welcome to Moab, a service story, where the daily special is the housing crisis served with a side of worker shortages, comes with free burnout. Thanks for listening and supporting KZMU, Moab Community Radio.